Eidelman is a pastor and an author, and he wrote a book called Gods at War. It's been really helpful reading as we've been going through this current worship series that we are in. And in his book, he relates a story from his own family life of the time when his daughter wanted a pet. And she did the classic kid thing. You know, she begged her parents, I want a pet. I'll take care of it. I'll be responsible for it. I will, I will feed it. I'll do everything that is needed for this pet. And so Kyle and his wife, you know, they, they agreed. But there were some conditions. The conditions were that the pet could not bark or meow or make any kind of noise. The pet could not shed any kind of fur or hair, and the pet had to cost less than $5. Can you guess what she got? A goldfish, right? A goldfish. So they went to the store, they bought the goldfish. Uh, at the store, Kyle noticed that there was a sign that said, three-day guarantee, no questions asked. He thought, that sounds pretty good. Buy the goldfish. His daughter names the fish Nemo. They take the fish home, and she's very excited to play with her new pet. But you can't take a fish for a walk. You can't teach it how to play fetch. You can go swimming, the fish. And so they went to the swimming pool. And goldfish, Nemo, he was in a little cup on the side of the pool and Kyle and his daughter they were splashing they were playing in the pool and he noticed how the fish was watching them and he imagined that that fish was was probably eyeing up that that great sea of possibilities in front of him that that pool must have looked like this this vast ocean that that fish could explore and oh how that fish would just want to be there enjoying everything that was available but Kyle knew that there were chemicals in the pool. That probably wasn't a good idea. He told his daughter that. But then a few minutes later, Nemo had lived up to his namesake. He had flip-flopped out of the cup and into the pool. And so Kyle was frantically looking around everywhere, you know, finding Nemo. That was too good, right? <laughs> too good. He's looking for Nemo everywhere. And finally, he spots the goldfish in the deep end of the pool, just loving life, swimming back and forth, darting as fast as he can, enjoying himself. But Kyle knew he needed to get that fish out of the pool. So he tried to catch it. Impossible. And so all they could do was wait the fish out. And so eventually, Nemo, he started swimming slower and slower and then he floated up to the top of the pool, belly up. And so when Kyle took the fish back to the store, the same lady who had sold him the fish was still working. She completely ignored their policy. She asked, what happened? And Kyle told the truth. The fish drowned. My dear friends, are you drowning? This world offers to us a seemingly limitless 
ocean and sea of possibilities, the pleasures that it offers out to us are abounding. Have you found that you dove into the deep end of the pool expecting to find that joy, the satisfaction, the pleasures that were offered out to you, but only to realize that these pleasures, they were actually poison? As you think about the things of our world that offer pleasures, things like food, sex, entertainment, they hold that out to us and they offer it to us, but they don't deliver. And we go after them and we expect to find enjoyment, indulgence, satisfaction, fulfillment, and ecstasy. But they leave us empty, unfulfilled, overindulged, and alone. They are the thieves who steal and kill and destroy the true joy that God wants you to have in this life. Because God does desire that you have pleasure. He does desire that you enjoy the good, good gifts that he has given to you. And today you hear Jesus invite you to true pleasure, true satisfaction as you come to him and as you enter through him. Jesus invites you to such a full life. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find a pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, Jesus wants to grab your attention here because there are so many idols of pleasure that, po- that promise this pleasure apart from Christ. But they don't deliver. It only brings pain. And so Jesus tells us about the positive behavior of those who have him as the king of their hearts, who have Jesus ruling on the throne over their hearts. They listen to his voice. They don't listen to the voices of those who are just thieves and robbers, those who just want to kill and steal and destroy. And Jesus certainly could have in mind here, he could have spiritual leaders, religious leaders about there. He could have the spiritual leaders of Israel that had failed them time and time again, hadn't led them back to God. But, but don't you see how just about anything can rob from you? Just about anything can steal from you. And especially as you consider God's good, good gifts. Those good, good gifts of things like food, sex, entertainment. Each and every one of those can become an idol for us. Every good gift of God can become an idol for us when we focus on the gift rather than the giver. You think about food. Have you ever 
tried to satisfy what's really a spiritual issue through a physical gift. Food is a, is a good, good gift from God, our Heavenly Father, but it is a physical gift, not a spiritual one. Now, Jesus did, people did that in Jesus' day. We heard from John chapter 6, and, and maybe you, you recall and you remember that account that Jesus miraculously, he fed over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. They were astonished. They were amazed. They flocked to Jesus. They wanted more. In fact, they, they flocked to him so much that as Jesus crossed the sea overnight, they woke up early in the morning. They went around the lake on foot to meet him on the other side and to find him. They wanted to be filled, but they didn't want Jesus to fill them with the forgiveness that he so freely offered. He didn't, they didn't want Jesus to fill their souls. They wanted Jesus to fill their stomachs. And sometimes you and I do too. Just one stat, $110 billion dollars. That's one estimate of the amount of money that we as Americans will spend on fast food in a given year. And it's more than we will spend on books and magazines and television and movies combined. And do you ever find yourself, again, trying to solve a spiritual issue and a spiritual problem? with a physical gift. And when you're stuck, when, when you're down, when, when you're depressed, do you turn to God? Or do you turn to the tub of bluebell ice cream? Or that nice cold pint filled with a, a good hoppy IPA? Full disclosure, guilty on both counts. All right. We look to these things to, to satisfy our desires. Do you look forward to the weekend so much because of your, your reservations at that exclusive, expensive restaurant where you can sit in that literal temple to food? Or maybe you're, maybe you're a health nut. You know, it has your, your dedication to counting all the calories to that complete organization around being totally organic, that dedication to fitness and working out, has it become more than just a dedication? Has it become more than just about good health? Has it become an obsession? Has it become narcissistic? Because it can be an idol that way too. Do we overindulge when our day was too rough? And we're using some good, good gifts that God has given to us, but we've turned those good, good gifts into an idol. And instead of turning to our God, we're turning to the gift that he has given. Or maybe we've done it with his good, good gift of sex. And when God created marriage to be this incredible intimate union between a man and woman and in that intimate union he gave this amazing wonderful blessing of the intimacy that we find in sex 
But sometimes that too can become our obsession. Sometimes we can seek that pleasure apart from that protected, committed relationship that God has designed it for. It can become our obsession when maybe it's the last thing we think about at night, the first thing when we think about and we get up in the morning, we daydream about it, we, we spend our money for it, we, we risk our careers, we risk our marriages for it. Has pornography stolen a part of your soul that you're afraid you're never going to get back? Again, we've turned this good, good gift into an idol. And the perplexing paradox that our sinful natures have to wrestle with is that when we pursue these pleasures simply for pleasure's sake, the pleasure really disappears. Right? When we pursue sex simply for the pleasure it brings, simply for a selfish reason, when we make that our goal, then it doesn't satisfy. It leaves us empty. It leaves us needing more the next thing. The painful irony that we discover is that when we pursue pleasure simply for pleasure's sake, it disappears. I think you can see that really clearly with entertainment, right? As we think about that, is there, is there an idol in your own home? I want you to do a little experiment today. When you go home today, I want you to walk into your living room, your family room, and take a look where all the chairs are facing. And then take a look in your heart and look at where all the chairs are facing in your heart. We listen, we watch, we read, we consume, but we are still incredibly bored. Isn't that amazing? All the entertainment that we have available to us, all the channels, all the options, all the things that we can consume, and we still end up saying that we're bored? It's because we're over-entertained. We have too much. And we're always seeking for the next thing, right? The, the next series that's going to grab our attention so that we can binge watch it on Netflix. The next movie that's going to be more impressive, more explosive than the last. The next drama that's going to hold our attention. The next album that's going to drop. The next, the next, the next. And we're not satisfied. Because we've taken a good, good gift and made it an idol. And what we consume begins to consume us. It's frustratingly exhausting, chasing after all of these things as they steal and rob of our time, our attention, our finances. But I have good, good news for you today. Because it doesn't have to be that way. All of these good, wonderful gifts that God has given us, food, sex, entertainment, all of the wonderful gifts that a God has given to us, they don't need to become idols. Because of all the good, good gifts that God, our Heavenly Father, has given to us, He has also given us His greatest gift. He sent His own Son, Jesus, 
to be our Savior. Jesus invites you to live life to the full as you follow him. He said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. First of all, Jesus says that when you come to him, when you, when you pursue Jesus, when you want to set him as the king over your heart, you will be saved. You'll be saved from any and all addictive behaviors that have become a part of your life. You'll be saved from those addictive behaviors that you, that you hate, that you desperately plead that God would take them away and his promise to you is that he will. Maybe not today. Maybe not in 10 years. Maybe they'll linger on in your life, but he will take them away when you stand next to him in paradise, when your time and your focus and your attention is on your good and gracious God. He will save you from those robbers and those thieves who steal from you. He's come to set us free from everything that enslaves us. He saves you from all the disappointments that you feel when these pleasures that we seek, they don't satisfy, they don't fulfill. Jesus is your gate to freedom. And when you think about Jesus' illustration, right, when he says that he's the gate for the sheep and they'll come in, they'll go out and they'll find pasture. If you're a sheep, where do you want to be? In the pasture, right? I mean, that's your jam. That's your joy. That is where you thrive. That is where you can have incredible pleasure. And especially if you know that your faithful, good shepherd, he is watching over you. He is protecting you. He is giving you peace and security so that you can just enjoy the moment. That's what Jesus does for you. He brings you into that spiritual pasture. And in that spiritual pasture, then you can once again enjoy the good, good gifts that God has given to you. Those gifts become once again the good, good gifts that God has intended them to be. The greatest gifts from the greatest giver. And God truly desires this for you. God desires that you enjoy the blessings he's given in this life. I mean, just think about the amazing way that he has designed, designed this world, created things. Think about the thousands of flavors that can explode on your millions of taste buds. God wants you to enjoy them all. You think about the, the incredible diversity that he's put into foods so that we can enjoy it. Every fruit, every vegetable, rice, wheat, beans, Chops, steaks, wings, he wants us to enjoy it. He wants us to enjoy it as that enjoyment then allows us to give our thanks and praise to the God who's given it. He wants us to enjoy it as we reflect his own creativity and our creativity as we cook, as we bake, as we grill. He wants you to literally taste and see that the Lord is good. And so that when your prayers, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, that those prayers can be amplified by the delightful and delicious gifts that he has given. Those gifts that sustain and nourish and yes, please us. 
satisfy us. Satisfy your souls with Christ and be opened up to the satisfaction He'll give to your bodies. God desires that in the committed, protected, loving relationship of a marriage that you enjoy and you take pleasure in His good, good gift of sex. You know that God, He could have made that just a simple, mechanical, routine act for procreation purposes only, right? But He didn't. He made it enjoyable. He made it pleasurable. He made it as a good gift for you. He divinely designed it to bring you satisfaction. He expertly crafted it to be wonderful and beautiful for you and your spouse. And in this incredible gift, he desires that that union that he himself has created, it will be expressed in that gift and that you and your spouse, that you can grow closer together as you celebrate God's graciousness. Through Christ, allow yourself to marvel at the creativity that he has worked in this creation. Allow yourself to marvel at art and music and sports. I mean, we witness that amazing creativity in those things. The amazing creativity that God has found in those in design and athleticism. Genius, ingenuity in the various instruments that can be played and the sounds and the notes that can be ordered in succession to make beautiful music to diverse audiences and diverse ears and hearts. God wants you to enjoy all of that as you praise his name, as it leads you to recognize the beauty he's designed, the stories that we listen to, the stories that not only teach us about our own life experiences, but those stories that can point us then to the greatest story ever told, the story of the God who loved his people enough to send his own son. Do you want life to the full? You don't have to be that fish darting back and forth in the deep end of the pool, constantly seeking, constantly trying to find the next thing and getting exhausted. No, God calls you to be the sheep in his own pasture, enjoying the wonder and the beauty that he has created and designed for you knowing that you are there in his peace and his security so that you can truly have pleasure. In him, you can enjoy the greatest gifts given by the greatest giver. Jesus calls you not to listen to the thieves, but to listen to your faithful Father in heaven. Not to listen to the robbers, but to listen to your Redeemer and Restorer. Follow his voice, the voice of your good, good shepherd who holds you in his arms and gives you life to the full.